It's time to break down the X's and O's on Giants Rewind. What is this that denies your foot? With Carl Banks, a New York Giants podcast. I'm John Schmelk. Thank you for being with us. Carl Banks, of course, here to break down the Giants and Lions. I want to remind you that if you're listening to this on Giants.com or the Giants mobile app, we're also on all your favorite podcast platforms. Make sure you subscribe, make us part of your feed, make us one of your favorites. And if you're on Apple Podcasts, leave a positive review. All right, Carl, the Giants with a disappointing 31-26 to defeat in Detroit against the Lions. I want to start with the defense. We'll get to the offense. Daniel Jones did some great things in that game, but I think the defense was kind of the key to this game, so I want to start there. And I'm going to pose a very broad and simple question for you and kind of let you run with it. It seems when opposing teams really need a big play against the Giants, whether it's a big play or a third down play, there always seems to be somebody that's open. <laughs> yeah, like when a team needs a big play on third down, there does seem to be someone open uh, and wide open at that. Um, John, I think it, it, it's really a function of communication on the field. It's also a function of fundamentals understanding route concepts, understanding how teams want to get, how they want to attack your defense and where you're vulnerable. And you've got to do some self-evaluation each week to see how teams are attacking you. Um, Even if they haven't shown it, your next opponent hasn't shown it, if another team has had success with it, you can pretty much bet that it's going to show up in some capacity uh, before the game is over with. No doubt about it. And let's just take, for example, you talk about execution versus scheme, right? The first offensive touchdown scored by the Lions was that Hall 49-yard touchdown catch. Third and 18 or third and 16, was it? I will double-check the exact down and distance. I got the play by a player in front of me. And the frustrating thing, it was third and 15, and you look at the defense, and going into this game, what do we know about the Lions and Matthew Stafford? They like to throw the ball down the field, right? Yes. So you check the numbers here, and in this game... The Giants played, because of that scheme, according to Pro Football Focus, and these numbers could change when they do their uh, overall review, they played quarters in this game 44% of the time. Mm -hmm. It is a defense, for the fans that don't know, that is a four-deep defense. Mm -hmm. It's specifically designed to take the big play away. And the big over. And they call it, you know, the over is a deep crossing route where it's not shallow. It starts literally on one side of the numbers, outside the numbers, and finishes on the opposite side of the field, outside the numbers. It's an over route, and quarters is designed to take that away. And lo and behold, on the Hall catch for a touchdown, it was a seven route. It was a deep post cross, Mm -hmm. and it looked like Michael Thomas was to blame, but when you look at the tape, DeAndre Baker had deep responsibility on the left sideline. he took a shallow he took a shallow guy who was running, I think, a deep out near the sticks, if I'm not mistaken. Well, and the thing and about touchdown. and the thing about that, um, he took that where you had Grant Haley right there and someone else right there. He All in he effect double teamed somebody. Yeah, well, he triple teamed someone. You had two players <laughs> there already, and he did not sink back. And you know, it wasn't even a post; it was beyond the post. <laughs> that, that ball was caught on the opposite side, outside the numbers. And if you're in quarters, that ball, you just sink back, and that's either a breakup or an interception. So, again— It's literally designed to stop that specific action. Sure. And, and again, when you are installing these defenses, 
it's important that players pay attention to why they're in that defense. It's to prevent a particular type of route. Every defense has a purpose, and you play it in order to prevent certain types of plays. So if you're in cover four on a third and long, the reason you are is to prevent the long on third down. And, you know, and, and so these are the things that both players and coaches have to make sure that guys are on the same page. But once they install that, you've got to play the defense called because there's a reason why they put you in that. And this is where I think this defense is, is going to continue to falter if they don't get these things corrected and communicate with each other. It's, it is the fundamentals of the defense that they're failing at. And it's one guy who makes everything look out of place. And I'll get to the other big play. I'll hit on third downs next because that was another big issue, 6 of 9 in the first half for the Lions. But the other big play was the throwback. They run the pitch play out to the right to the rookie running back. He throws it back to Stafford. On the pitch, Jabril Peppers comes out like shot like a cannon, goes mm-hmm. after the running back. After the game, Antoine Bethea said, look, that's my responsibility to have deep, have the deep part of the field on that. He literally, Carl, took about two or three steps in and by the time he saw the running back start to turn and throw it, Galladay already had a couple yards on him, and he just doesn't have the speed to catch up to him. Yeah, I mean, he was back there, but like you said, he was back there and out of position. And, again, it is being disciplined. Um, and Defense is about doing the little things, John. And attention to detail when you're a two-win team is even more paramount. You've got to make sure that you over – um, execute. You've got to make sure that every little thing you do is correct so that you can have give yourself a chance. Um, you're not good enough to recover if you're out of position. You don't have enough players who can compensate for one guy being out of position. For instance, if you got a guy out of position and your pass rush was just that good and the quarterback never got a chance to get to that open guy, they don't have that. They need Every guy doing his job and executing beyond what's called for. And that process has forced Betcher to go to more of a zone-based defense. And we saw him in Arizona, Carl. When he had the personnel in place, he ran a lot of man. When you have Patrick Peterson, you run a lot of man. That's, That's how it goes. So he's had to adjust. And I think we're seeing that pop up on some of these third downs now because against the Lions, I mentioned six of nine in the first half for the Lions. And by the way, these aren't third and shorts. They converted a third and seven. Yeah. They converted a third and eight. They converted a third and 15, a third and seven, and a third and nine. And they all went way beyond oh, the yeah. required yardage. It wasn't 39, they got 10. These weren't at the sticks now. Right. 39, they've got like 18. You know, they, they just have to and be it's all able in the middle to of the field. do a good job. Yeah. Uh, look, this is I, – I can't emphasize it enough. Players have to do a better job of understanding why they're in certain defenses. Coaches have to do a better job of articulating why you're in this defense and why it's important that you do X, Y, and Z. I don't have the luxury of sitting in a meeting room, so I can't tell you which part – is not happening at this moment, but I can tell you it is very important 
going forward that player knows what's expected and coach communicates what those expectations are. Now, I'm speaking of this from a layman perspective, and you as a former linebacker, I imagine it, it probably drives you nuts because I don't even think this is just a Giants issue. I think this is an across-the-league issue. When teams have to play these zone defenses, right, because mm-hmm. a lot of the rules, it's hard to play man now a lot of the time, except for the teams that have the cover guys to do it. And these linebackers, and sometimes either if a safety's playing down or a slot corner, they play that shorter, shallow zone, right? Sure. And then you have the safeties deep. And all teams do is attack the area between the shallow zone and the deep safeties with crosses and mm-hmm. things like that. Is this just a matter of those guys in the shallow zones not getting enough depth? Do they not anticipate routes the right way? What, what's the problem around the league with guys not being able to defend in the middle of the field well, that way? Well, John, it's simple. Um, you got to teach how to play zone. Zone defense is not just a matter of you drop to an area and read the quarterback. Um, if one thing I've learned throughout my career – is that dropping back just reading the quarterback, the ball's gone. By the time you read where the ball is going, if it left the quarterback's hand and you're just reacting, the ball is gone. Brett Favre was a guy who could eat his own defense up. If you didn't apply um, what we call pattern read concepts or pattern matching concepts into your zone. um, What do you mean by that? Meaning if you've got, you know, a, a go and over, or if you've got two crossing routes and you let the shallow go to the guy going, you know, on the far side of your zone and someone else has to drop back to take the deep crosser. But pattern reading means there are complementary routes that are designed to beat you out of your zone or to get you out of place. So if you know what type of routes are coming, it's just like in cover four, you've got to defend against a deep over, right? So you your corner has to sink back and just wait for a deep over. Don't worry about anything shallow because you got a linebacker in the flat and a safety to take that or or a money backer to take that. So um, pattern matching is, you know, a running back that goes to the flat to pull somebody out of a zone so that an in cut can go right where the linebacker vacated. You know, there are so many things that um, – teams do to try to attack your zone and you've got to know how they want to attack you so teaching zone defense has to have some man principles to it um, but you also your players have to learn how teams want to attack cover two if you're in cover two the seam route is the most vulnerable area of the field because it puts too much pressure on a safety that's why you have to reroute anything going up the seam Got to be able to teach it. Players got to understand why they're being asked to, asked to do certain things. All right, let's switch to the other side of the ball. The Giants' offense—they gained 370 yards. Pretty good, mm-hmm. not fantastic, but good. Uh, Daniel Jones had the early turnover after the game. Saquon Barkley said that was his responsibility to get that blitzer up the middle. He actually had a couple pass protection issues later in the yep. game too. Uh, something he's going to have to work on. Um, but beyond that, four touchdowns, wasn't responsible for any other turnovers. He did fumble a ball on a blitz, mm-hmm. but he recovered it himself, saved the play. And you knew coming in, the Lions going to play a lot of man-to-man, right? They played a lot of man-to-man. Sure. And I thought Jones did a great job of picking the matchup he liked and just trusting his receiver to go make a play, whether it was Slayton or Tate. Sure. So here's the danger that defensive coordinators don't want you to know that they're in is that there are predetermined matchup issues in man coverage. And what they want you to do is be afraid 
that um, your quarterback won't have time. But you can line up. If you go four wide receiver in any iteration, personnel group, you can pretty much determine who you want to go after. And by the way, their top cornerback didn't play in this game. Right. So you got linebackers on backs, and you got a back who can really play. So the linebacker, every time they call man coverage, the linebacker who has Saquon Barkley or the linebacker or the safety who has to guard Evan Ingram is saying, I hope they don't go to this guy. I hope they don't go to this guy. And if you're an offensive coordinator and you're a quarterback, you look at that and you say, okay, we're going to we're gonna, we're gonna go four wide receivers with a possible five. We're going to see who has our back. We're going to see who has our tight end, and that's who we're going after. And they did it a few times with great success. And then one of the beautiful things I like about what Coach Shermer does, he doesn't shy away from the deep ball even if you have a good cornerback because the cornerback can play it perfect three out of four times. If the fourth time is seven, it counts. So which, one catch equals seven. Which, by the way, you saw the other way when Kenny Galladay made a couple sure. really nice plays on Baker when Baker recovered him well a few plays before. Sure. Yeah, so one, you know, you can cover good, but one equals seven. So all you need is one. Yeah, and look, they were they pushed down the field. They made some big plays, Carl. But then again, in the fourth quarter, there were a few times when they were still in the game. The Giants got the ball back, and I thought this was probably the key possession in the game in the fourth quarter. Uh, the defense did a good job. They forced, I think it was, might have been their only three and out of the game. And the Giants get the ball back. It's 24-19. I'm sorry, this is still in the third quarter. I take it back. So the Giants get the ball back at 24-19 with 3.08 to play in the third quarter. And they drive down. They run that flea flicker play. They have Tate for a 14-yard gain. Nate Solder got a little over-aggressive selling the run fake. Flowers gets around him. Solder falls. Instead of letting Flowers go after the quarterback, yeah. Solder holds him. It puts him into a first and 20. And then all of a sudden, that drive gets short-circuited, and then the Lions score on their next possession. Yeah, the plays that you can't afford. Like, when you need plays and you have it drawn up just right, this is what I'm talking about, the attention to detail. When you've got to say to yourself, Okay, we got a flea flicker. I may have to block a little longer, but the one thing I can't do is hold on this play or get a penalty. And when you're under duress, sometimes the last thing you think of is the one thing that you can't do. And so you just, like you say, you get over aggressive thinking, oh my God, the quarterback's going to get hit. Well, sometimes you got to trust that the ball's going to be out, even if you get beat. As opposed to, especially on a play that you need, that's a that's a play that changed that changed field position for them, and it just didn't didn't work out for them. Yeah, and then late in the game, they had a couple red zone opportunities, couldn't get points when the game was still in doubt. Uh, Alger Rosas's mixed extra point ended up being critical in this game. I know a lot of people complaining, oh, don't go for two in the third quarter. Here's the bottom line: you were going to have to go for two eventually anyway. Yeah. And by the way. The play design was good. Slayton was open. Jones yep. threw it low. Yep. And and see, that's the thing that people don't really realize is that the execution is just as important as the decision to make that uh, to make that call. So he decided to go for it. The execution was poor. The play was available to them. It was poorly executed. So if they missed it in the fourth quarter or the third quarter, it wouldn't have mattered. The one thing I will say – in this game, what I was surprised by was 
Barkley's inability to get going in the run game. The Lions' run defense was poor heading into this game. Mm-hmm. Uh, he only had 19 carries or 64 yards. He could have had that seam route. He could have had a wheel route for a touchdown. Jones threw it out of bounds. Yep. He should have had that angle route for a touchdown. He stumbles on the turf yeah. monster, can't finish. And then we talked about the pass protection issue. So Barkley still made some spectacular plays. He broke three tackles on that sure. one pass and went for 15 yards. But when you're a team like the Giants, Carl, and I think this is a good way to sum it up, right now, there is no margin for error for this None. team. You miss one or two plays over the course of the game, which every team does. But they you just pay aren't... for it when you're not very good. Bingo. You cannot recover when you're not very good because you don't know how. You haven't figured that out yet. How do you figure that out? Be- you have to over-execute. It's attention to detail, John, where you know you're not very good and you know you can't overcome certain things because you don't have players that are playing above the numbers. Everybody plays at the numbers. So you have to do your job. Um, And in in order to do that, no mistakes, no mental errors. And you're running back. He's your best player. Sometimes he has to take what's there and not try to um, create because that a few times in the game eliminated or prevented him from getting more yards if he just stays with the play that's called. Final two questions. Number one, there was talk of a players-only meeting after the game. I don't know anything about players-only meetings. I've never been to one. You have. Tell me about players-only meetings and what this means, if anything. The fact that it was announced. Not a good sign? It's not a good sign. (laughs) Um, So I I can't imagine what's going to go on in that meeting. What happens in players-only meetings? Well, if, if you have to... Well, maybe you'll read about it in the newspaper. (laughs) Um, Player-only meetings are just that. Um, They address issues. Um, Is it accountability, that sort of thing, to your teammates? It could be a uh, multitude of things. But it's sometimes, you know, winning teams do them too, just to stay on track. Um, Teams that announce them are just, they defeat the purpose because now it's a feeding frenzy for someone to find one little tidbit of information that, that came out of that meeting. But... Most of those meetings that I've ever been involved with or called myself, um, no one knew about them. And if it got out, the person that leaked it was under threat of flogging. They had an agenda. No, no. They would be flogged. (laughs) You know, because you just, it, it just, you know what? If your feelings got hurt in the meeting, you sucked it up when you walked out of that meeting. You never went and leaked anything. So... Um, but the fact that they're having one, I guess, is positive. What the productivity of that meeting will be, I don't know. I don't know what they're going to address, but I would just suggest that nothing that's discussed in that meeting comes out. They have to show that that meeting was productive in their play. And I know this isn't how players think about it, but we're NBA guys. And, you know, they always like to fire the coach in the mm-hmm. NBA right before a game against a bad opponent so the yeah. new coach could come out with a win. I got to tell you, it's not a great time to go have this players-only meeting. And again, I don't know the players will think about it because it doesn't get any easier with the Cowboys coming to town no, on a Monday night. it really doesn't. But that might be the time that you say, okay, let's go out and show that we're capable. You know, um, the Cowboys have lost some games to some teams, some teams that they should have beaten. That's a great point. Um, you've got to go out and show and make it very difficult for a good team to beat you. And the only way you'd make it difficult for them to beat you is if you do everything right. Um, I said it in the first matchup that they played them. If you're punching up in weight class, you better be precise with every punch. And 
Um, that's where the Giants are, whether they're playing a better team or a team that they're equal to. Um, they've got to be very precise with everything they do. Carl, great stuff. We Thank appreciate you, the time as always. Thank you. That's Giants Rewind with Carl Banks. We'll be with you next week after Giants and Cowboys. See you next time. Adios.